Hey guys, welcome back to Moon Iridescent. If you're new here, welcome. I'm Kimmy, and this is the lifestyle podcast where we can just reflect, discover, and be our most authentic selves. Before we get started, I just wanted to make a quick announcement that I finally made a Patreon page. And I'd be so grateful if you guys can just head on over and check it out at patreon.com slash moon iridescent and support me. Supporting me will unlock different tiers so you guys can have access to my episode reflections, behind the scenes content, and many more things to come. Anyway, getting back into the episode, happy Lunar New Year. We are entering the year of the ox, which is the second of 12 Chinese zodiac animals, and with Valentine's Day also around the corner, I think the most important theme that's going around this month is love, whether that's self-love, love for a significant other, or love to your friends and family. Today, you guys will be meeting a dear friend of mine, Jess, and we're going to be talking about family relationships. I kind of just wanted to talk about the relationships with family and how you actually have to put in the effort into them in order for them to grow. To set the mood, the quote for today is, when you love what you have, you have everything you need. And without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Jess. Hi, Kimmy. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing okay. <laughs> um, yeah, well, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast for this episode. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so currently I am working from home um, and I work as a talent acquisition coordinator. I get to work with a lot of different people, getting them scheduled for their uh for their interviews and um, just getting them all onboarded onto our company. And um, it's been really fun so far. I really wanted to focus on um, being with my family and doing all those little hobbies and stuff that I never really truly got to appreciate when I had to um, work at a very like on hands um, job and in person. Um, so it's been really nice to have all this, uh, I wouldn't say free time, but much more flexibility with my time to do more things that um, I'm super interested and in, never really got to do. Definitely. You just bought roller skates. <laughs> I have roller skates. We skating now here. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. You should come skate with us. I think it'd be fun. I'm super excited too. I'm going to learn a little bit more before I embarrass myself out there. But um, so far, we're rolling along um, in the hallways of my kitchen. Girl, you're fine. Did you know how to like ice skate and ski? I didn't even know how to ice skate or ski. Like I kind of went into this blinded, you know, like, I, I would say like this is kind of like an irrational fear of mine. Like the end goal is ice skating, but I'm like terrified of falling and then someone not knowing how to stop and just like running across my hands. Oh, that's a scary one. I don't think that will happen while you're roller skating, though, because. Yeah, yeah, I know. The end goal, <laughs> the end goal is ice skating, but yeah. I'm scared of that happening. So that's why I'm learning how to roller skate now to kind of understand like the technique a little bit more, even though they are different, like they are still similar. That's why I just want to like know how to do it. So like if I were to be held at gunpoint, I would be able to do that. <laughs> So I genuinely think um, ice skating is a lot easier than roller skating. So at least you have that to look forward to. That's what everyone says. Like everyone <laughs> says you have the ice as cushion, whereas like roller skating, you have the concrete. So. Yeah, there's definitely that balance component that you kind of have to get used to when you're ice skating. Yeah, but definitely I want to like learn how to ice skate and roller skate, you know, just so we can go on the cute dates and stuff like that. We should go on a double date. Oh, I would love that. That'd be so much fun. We haven't even been on one yet. Have we not? No. We've gone out to the bars together. That and... doesn't count. That's with a group of people. <laughs> like, that doesn't count. That's true. That's true. And then all the other times was just, like, dances, like, sorority formals. That yeah. also doesn't count. That's, like, with other people. <laughs> like, yeah, we take the same Uber home, but still. 
<laughs> we okay. bounce early because we both don't want to be there. Well, yeah. But anyway, um, before we get started, I, you know, I want to know what is your zodiac sign? And a disclaimer to all of you guys listening out here, like, I know, you know, astrology may or may not be your thing and it may not be 100% accurate but this is all for funsies just take it with a grain of salt um (laughs) but yeah I would like to know your sun your moon and your rising placements so my sun is in Aries which kind of makes me um persistent and a little bit assertive and energetically independent (laughs) I definitely (laughs) agree with all of those qualities I know I've been told (laughs) I'm very much of an Aries like if you want to know like who embodies the exact definition of an Aries it's Jess for sure (laughs) okay and then your moon my moon is in Scorpio so um, my emotions are very passionate and intense and um, they like to use the word dramatic when Mm -hmm. describing this um some would very much agree and Mm. well I've I've seen yeah yeah I've seen sometimes (laughs) seen it sometimes okay and my rising is in Leo which I've been told means that I like to come across as bright and eccentric and somewhat in the center of attention dude your three placements are like very intense like (laughs) you're just a very intense person and I feel it and on top of all of that, I am year of the ox. So I'm literally just very, very, what's that word? Very assertive and very strong willed. And I feel like the universe has packed me with all of this and I just have to deal with it. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, a little bit of background on how we met, what our friendship looks like from the beginning. Um, Jess and I have actually met through our sorority in college. I joined later than you, so you kind of had, mm-hmm. um, you you were able to see me in my new member phase. It was definitely a ride since then. <laughs> I know, I, I know. Remember, <laughs> I just remember you coming in literally like a firestorm. Um, you were very <laughs> intense, like from the very get-go. It wasn't very on the surface. Like you could genuinely tell that you were there because you wanted to make really deep connections. And you can tell it was very determined. And I remember, um, I think we started getting closer um, when we both ended up on council together your first semester. That's so true. Like uh, the social (laughs) side was honestly not there. I felt like I was a grandma throughout my entire sorority experience. Jess has many, many stories of just just going out at night and living that very fun lifestyle. But it was very Hannah Montana because she's a very hard worker. So (laughs) like at night, you're out there, you're partying, you're socializing with new people and stuff like that. But like daytime, she's grinding. I've always thought that like you had the best of both worlds and I never knew how you did it. I generally don't know how I did it either. I think I, for a hot minute there, I was just running on fumes, like, but it was fun. It was honestly like, there was just so much to do and so much that I wanted to do that I just never ran out of the energy. If I wanted to go out, then I went out. And if I needed to get stuff done, then I just got it done. And it just worked really well together. And I feel like I wouldn't have changed anything like Mm -hmm. yeah I didn't sleep sometimes and (laughs) and we all make mistakes um and stuff that we regret but at the end of the day like it all just makes us who we are so I it was fun yeah I mean I kind of talked about it in a previous podcast um with Nikki uh because I felt like I didn't really do much of the fun stuff in college so I was waiting for like my last semester to really like experience it like I've never gone to a football game I've never gone to a tailgate um never gone to those free concerts those are a little ratchet (laughs) yeah see like I've never had the opportunity I know there were opportunities I just didn't take them so I was waiting until like you know my last semester in college me and Nikki were gonna like do everything um like our last hurrah before we graduate but pandemic hit and here we are so I think you did do a lot of fun stuff though Kimmy like you ran for uh philanthropy and I mean you did go out to parties like just because you went on every single one you were still Mm -hmm. there at some and those are fun dude I was like 
the the Cinderella of our sorority. <laughs> you will catch me disappearing at midnight. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> I will not stay out that late. But at least even just going for a little bit was still that's true worth it. Yeah. Okay. And then um, on the topic of like how close we grew to be, when exactly did you feel that you could trust me? I think with basically my personality like I truly believe that as much as you give you get and as much as you get you give so in the terms of you and me I feel like I definitely felt you were really open with me and I could tell that you never would lie to me and never have lied to me and you're very upfront and I think I truly respected you for all of that and it wasn't even any specific moment or a specific like thing you said like everything you said to me has just always been so true and so straightforward that I knew that no matter what I could trust you even if it was just for a little thing or for a bigger secret or for whatever it may be it was you know just the overall encompassing of how how straight you were with me mm-hmm Oh, so sweet. <laughs> Actually, for me, it was like a moment. Like I, I had that moment where I'm just like, ah, yeah, she's she's my go-to. It was um. <laughs> so I remember how I ran for the Pi Kappa Phi philanthropy, mm-hmm. and it was it was the very second day where you dressed up in like all the rollers and everything. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, to give background on this event, um, I was um, representing my sorority and running for a philanthropy, um. Basically, how that works is that we send a representative from an organization to help raise money for a cause. And this is through like a competition between competing organizations in which there are certain events that um, need to happen. So for this event, it was a movie night in which it was also a costume contest. Um, we needed to vote on who had the best pajamas. And Jess, she comes out here blazing with her silk pajamas. She had <laughs> big rollers in her hair and a stuffed bunny. And did you also brought like a blanket? I so went she was, all out. Yeah, yeah. she was decked <laughs> out and won first place for me, of course. <laughs> and that was when I was just like, oh, yep. I remember too, I had uh, gone to class in the morning and then I worked um, up until, I think I got off at like 5.30 or 6 and the event started like at 7. I don't know. I don't know. Like I knew that if the roles were reversed, you would have done the same for me. Um, you would have showed up. And I think that's your greatest quality is that you're always very dependent. Like physically, you will be there if someone needs you. Mm-hmm. And so... I had to repay that. You know, if the roles were reversed, you would have been there. You would have done the same. You know, I remember what you said to me when we were walking over. Do you remember? No. What did I say? (laughs) (laughs) So you were like all in your getup and like we were walking over. You looked at me. You was like, Kimmy, I can't believe you're making me walk over like this. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, well, what do you want me to do about it? (laughs) Okay. But that was that was honestly the moment that I knew. But yeah, when you were writing my senior will, so basically Mm -hmm. a senior will is kind of like a little letter to this certain sister and you can make it like as personal as you want it to be. How were you feeling when you were writing my senior will or like your senior will to me? I honestly just remember feeling like I knew you would be there no matter what, because we could go days, weeks, whatever without speaking. and when we do speak, it's always very genuine and very, you know, all in. And I think in any relationship that you have, you just have this feeling when you find like a friendship or a relationship with somebody, it's still going to be the same because your bond together is so strong. Mm -hmm. So I feel like when I was writing that senior will, I just remember thinking like, I know no matter what happens, even if me and Kimmy don't talk for five years, you know, five years from now, we're still going to be just the same. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll have a lot of catching up to do, but we'll still, you know, feel the same way about each other. And I don't think that will ever change. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree, though. Like, before this, I feel like we just haven't talked since the pandemic hit. So, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's been like almost a year since we've talked. And it feels like two weeks ago. Honestly, it didn't feel that long. Yeah, you know it's a good friendship when you don't even have to say like hi to each other when you first touch. Yeah, and then there's no motive or like like you don't think of them 
in a bad light where like, oh, they're only coming to me because they want something, you know, mm-hmm. we're more to the point where it's just like, oh, she's texting me because she wants this. And like, we're fine with it. You know, there's no yeah. bad feelings about it. Um, And OK, the last thing I kind of wanted to know was like, what's your favorite memory of us together? I think you probably know what my favorite memory is. Oh my God. Ella <laughs> <laughs> had to literally be, be exploring another country with you, Kimmy. You know, that was wild. Okay, so <laughs> background on this. Um, Julie and I, another sorority sister, we are both international business majors and we decided to study abroad together in China. This girl, Jess, was in China the same time we were studying abroad. And that one weekend when we had like just free time, me and Julie and like some other people from the cohort decided to take the bullet train all the way to Hong Kong. And we were just, you know, it's kind of wild just to meet up with someone you know in a different country, especially if you just didn't go together. So Jess was just there at that time. <laughs> and then we were just like, why not? And so we rode the bullet train just to see her and she kind of showed us around Hong Kong and stuff like that. So that was really fun. Oh, and speaking of which, um, she taught me how to haggle. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> and then um, when we're at the night market, uh, she also scared off the man for me. There was a man that was like following me around and I was really uncomfortable. I didn't notice him at first, but he was just kind of like trailing behind us and we were stopping at like different booths and stuff like that and then I kind of had like an inkling so I told Jess I was just like hey um I think there's someone following me but it could just be me and then she's just like looking at me and she's like are you sure like I don't really see anyone and then um after you know we go to some other booths I don't see him anymore and she goes oh I scared him off and I was just like (laughs) what do you what do you mean you scared him off and Jess told me all you have to do is like look at him in the eye and like kind of you know give him that glare and I'm just like kudos to her for helping me out there (laughs) I think it's just when you're in a foreign country like in Asia um you know Asian men sometimes or you know those older men think that uh foreign young girls are much more easy to you know kind of scare them into doing things um Mm -hmm. that they may not be comfortable with you know my aunt taught me this when I studied in Hong Kong was that you just have to be bigger than you truly are Mm. like make your personality big show them that you're not scared and just present yourself bigger than they could ever be and Mm -hmm. you know they will get that same feeling and they'll back off and they know that you're not somebody to mess with and all you have to do it's nothing physical nothing you know you don't have to say anything to them you just have to look them in the eye and just make them aware that you know they're there and you know (laughs) that you're not gonna take any of their crap dude I was honestly ready I was okay with throwing a fit and like causing a scene um if anything were to happen but thankfully it didn't escalate to that um so yeah thanks Jess (laughs) (laughs) anytime honestly who who would have thought you know what were you doing in Hong Kong again seeing family I was literally there just because I missed Hong Kong and I have some family there. So I dragged my uh, parents with me to go visit um, for like a week and a half just because I don't know. I feel like it's such home in Hong Kong. It's very different. Every single time I've gone back, though, it has been different. um, But the world's always forever changing. The people never change, which is good. Mm hmm. So let's move on to the next topic. For this episode, I really just wanted to talk about family, um, especially with, you know, the Lunar New Year's coming around the corner. The topic of family is more prominent than ever, just because like at this time, like you'd be spending time with your family. um, And that's what kind of Lunar New Year's is centered around. Um, So for the first question that I have, um, what is your definition of a family? I think a family is not somebody or not a relationship that you're born with or just given. I think it's anybody you choose. Um, So it's just somebody you feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. So I think family to us is just anybody or a group of anybody that makes us feel safe and comfortable and as honest to ourselves as possible. Mm -hmm. I definitely agree with that. 
I think that you're able to choose your family in a sense. Like there's always going to be people that you feel a lot closer as well, whether you are related to them or not. And that's how I feel with my Taekwondo family. Um, I basically grew up with them, but we have no like familial relationships other than the fact that we train together and we're a part of the same community. So in a way, they also raised me because um, when you become a black belt, you have to go through like this black belt class, right? He teaches you on philosophy, on nutrition, how to take care of yourself and stuff like that. So it's those lessons that I take with me as well. And I try to incorporate that into my own life. But going back again to like choosing your own family, like there's going to be people that makes you feel more at home. So yeah, I mean, I love my family. I love both. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But why do you think family relationships are super important for us? I think um, you find out a lot about yourself just by, you know, communicating and um, being around other people. You find out what you like, how you want to be treated, how you perceive things. And I think it's all just about shaping yourself. And when you have um, a lot of family relationships, whether it's just with one person or with, you know, multiple people, you kind of build yourself up from that and you learn a lot more about what you want out of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely agree. And in your opinion, like, what is something that makes your family special? I think my family is literally the craziest people you'll ever meet. Um, <laughs> what do you mean? They're just insane. Like they say the weirdest and like, you know, Asian families, they kind of say some really messed up things sometimes. But at the same time, like, you know, it just comes from their culture or the way they grew up. And you learn so much more about, you know, where you come from, really. And like how how I was shaped when I was younger and all the people that passed in my life. So I think they're just a special breed of crazy. (laughs) Are you close with your family? Not in the sense, like in a very Western sense where, uh, you know, where we like spill each other's secrets or Mm -hmm. we talk all night long. I don't call my mom or my dad like my best friend or anything like that. Uh, I don't even call my sisters that. (laughs) It's a very, I would say, like Eastern traditional family, but with a twist because me and my sisters were all born in America. Mm -hmm. And then how do you maintain your family relationships despite all the craziness you just described? Like... Um, Is there a secret to it or what do you do? I think with my family, it's very all in. So if you, as much as you give, you will get back. Um, We're always very like, you know, dependent on each other. We do things for each other without hesitation. Uh, Both my older sisters have babies um, and my second sister, she fortunately lives close by and she can just bring her baby over at any time. And whether it's my parents or me, if whoever's free, we'll take the baby, like, you know, and we'll just watch him and Mm -hmm. play with him and love him as if he's like my very own kid. And that's just something that um, I never hesitated or thought about really until I realized that like, you know, stuff like that doesn't happen often in a lot of families. Um, And I think it's just like this general understanding in my family that we would do anything for each other and vice versa like if something were to happen we know that we could depend on each other for things Mm -hmm. Um, do you think that your family influences your relationships and in what ways do they do I think my family definitely has influenced all my relationships whether it's with you know a significant other or even with like my best friends um Growing up, I grew up in a very predominantly white and affluent community. Um, So it was really hard uh, to hold on to that, you know, Chinese culture that I have at home, but then go to school and be exposed to something completely different. None of my friends shared the same culture as I did. And I was eating foods that they were never familiar with, never even dreamed of eating. But um, fortunately, my parents always taught me to just be very confident in um, who I am and what they do. Like they were never ashamed. So I never felt like I had to be ashamed for anything. So I could eat like chicken feet at school and nobody would blink an eye because I wouldn't make a big deal out of it. That was something that I reflected on recently and realized that I was very fortunate to have had that mindset growing up. Mm hmm. 
Um, growing up in an Asian household, I know there were a lot of cultural norms and expectations. Um, what were the ones that you grew up with? And do you think that fulfilling those expectations make you happy or it gives you a more meaningful life? Um, can I, you know, pick your brain on that a little bit? I don't think that there is a direct correlation between, you know, if I fulfill all my parents' expectations, will I have a happy life? Mm -hmm. It was more just like being happy and feeling like everything I've done has been meaningful with, you know, that understanding that everything that I have done has made up different parts of me. Mm -hmm. I think one of the biggest ones that uh, a lot of Asian households are familiar with is just, you know, doing what your parents tell you to. Uh, I never, I don't think I ever really questioned my parents when they asked me to do something or when they told me that I should be doing something. Um, and I think it was just because it was out of respect uh, that, you know, it wasn't the fact that like they were always right and I had to live by that. It wasn't like that. I didn't have that mindset. It was more just like, I respect them and I trust them and I'm going to play into this trust and, um, you know, just do what they want me to do because I know they're always thinking, um, they're always on the side of like, you know, the things that's best for me. Mm -hmm. Growing up, I actually did a lot of like after school activities, which I never truly enjoyed. Um, I went from like ice skating lessons to abacus lessons, Chinese three wait, times Wait, wait, hold week. up, hold up. What? Abacus? Abacus. Wait, what is that? It is a Chinese ancient calculator. Like it is literally like a kind of a rectangle and there's like little beads. Oh my God. Like, like, count. Yes, no way. I know how to do abacus. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> what? I took lessons for about like six years. Abacus. Abacus. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so mind blown right now. Like I, I've, I've only seen them in movies. Like the first time I was even exposed to one was like Mulan. Like Disney's <laughs> Mulan. What? <laughs> you gotta show me sometimes. It's one of those things where it's like become muscle memory to me now. Like I can envision it in my head, um, but I fought so hard against it that I generally think that's why I'm so bad at math. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I played into that role so much growing up, you know, in my adolescent teen, mm -hmm. age, you know, that um, I'm just terrible at math now, but I still remember the basics of advocate. Oh my God. Okay, wait. Whenever we have like an icebreaker in college, did you say that this was one of your fun facts? Never thought that it was that fun, to be honest, until I moment. thought it's such a cool <laughs> thing. Like what? That's so like <laughs> I'm still mind blown and shocked by it. I don't know. I guess like just because uh, my sisters never did it, but we had like a classroom like where all the students would do it and there were the same like Chinese students that you would find in after school Chinese programs and in choir with me like I did mm -hmm. I was part of that community I did all the choir I you did sing I I sang <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference but in a group setting where other people would tune out my voice I didn't make it far in choir um I also did that for about six years Oh my god. Yeah, I did a lot. I was jack of all trades. But the thing is, is like, it was just because my parents wanted me to, you know, be good at something or be good at everything. I think they both had very different ideals. And they never really talked about it. My dad was on the mindset, like, I want her to learn everything, even just a little bit. And then my mom's mindset was like, I need to find something that she's really good at and she's going to excel at that one thing. Mm -hmm. So I met them somewhere in the middle where I was kind of bad at all these things. <laughs> but I'm still able to do it. Like I can play piano, not well. I can sing, not well. <laughs> I can ice skate, not well. But I can still do it. <laughs> See, I'm learning all of this like just now. I feel like, <laughs> you know, I've always been an open book I feel like people know exactly what I've been up to and like what I do like I don't think I've yeah I don't think I have anything crazy like I've done Kumon and like writing classes reading classes I played weird stuff you know some like ancient Chinese instruments I took classes for that too oh really yeah like the it's kind of like a mixture between like a guitar and a piano where it's like you sit as if it's a piano but it's strange oh yeah yeah yeah. I know what it is I don't remember what it's called I don't know either those classes didn't last long oh I've always wanted to learn like 
I am obsessed with like traditional Chinese music and dance. So mm-hmm. I've always loved that stuff, especially historical dramas. Ooh, my favorite. <laughs> no, the sound is beautiful. Yeah. Everything about it is just beautiful. But um, obviously, I was just too little to really truly appreciate all the beauty that I had in front of me. But I think that was just one of those things that I grew up with, like, you know, being put into all these classes. But I also felt very kind of cheated on my like weekends or my after school, because compared to all my other friends, they weren't doing the same things. Like my best friend growing up, she never had these after school programs. She didn't have to learn another language. She didn't have to you know, do all these things. She got to play soccer and that was it. I didn't even get to play soccer. That was the one thing I didn't get to do. (laughs) I got to do everything else but play soccer. (laughs) I remember resenting my parents for pulling me out of like a birthday party early because I had to go to choir class at 3 p.m. on a Sunday. It sucked. And I remember just feeling so angry that I had to do this when none of my other friends had to do it. But it's gotten to the point where it's like, okay, well, I also made a lot of friends, um, you know, being in those classes. And I learned a lot more. And I have a lot of connections now with like the teachers from those classes and all that. That's even like carried on over into my adult years. So it's more just like being appreciative of what I did get to do rather than thinking like, all the things that I did miss out on. And that's how I see having a meaningful and a happy life. Mm -hmm. But I do want to hold my uh, culture as tight as possible when I grow up for my kids. Um, I know things will be really different because even my culture now is not the same as my parents' culture, no Mm -hmm. matter what they've taught me and um, what they've shown me. It's like a whole different culture together. I'm planning on doing my best to like, you know, show that and um, instill that into my future kids and kind of create our own culture then too. Because I think that's a, that's the same feeling that a lot of um, children of uh, Asian immigrants, you know, a lot of them will just have to create their own story and create their own culture uh, because everything is still so new. Like it's forever changing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you are first gen? Yeah, I'm first gen. So my parents came here um, when they were like 20 years old, even younger than that, like on a boat from Vietnam going Mm -hmm. to the middle of nowhere. Yes, Uh (laughs) same. Um, I'm also first generation. It's my dad that came over here. I think he was like 18 at that time. Um, Yeah, but my mom came out came by boat or sorry, not by boat by plane. So she's a fresh off the plane. (laughs) Anyway, so this entire episode has all has been about family. And what are some ways to build and keep a family strong, in your opinion? Like what has worked for you in the past? And of course, not every single family is perfect, you know, has been perfect. And so what are some of your ways of doing that? I think the main thing is just over communicating. I know it's hard, especially for some uh, families that aren't used to it. And even their parents don't grow up like, questioning or talking about certain things but like I said like our culture is forever changing and just because it was one way doesn't mean it always has to be that way um as we get older we're always will forever be you know shaping our own our own future our own uh relationships with others and just our own environment so it's really up to us to take action and do what we need to to create an atmosphere where um, our relationships can grow in a way that benefits all of us in the best way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, if you could start like a new tradition, either monthly, weekly, daily, or whatever, what would you want it to be? I think there's a lot of those little traditions in every family that, you know, you won't really think it's tradition until you realize like, hey, I actually do this like consecutively and consistently. Uh, like my family, we have noodles every Friday. Oh, like every really? Friday night. Yeah. And it's so <laughs> weird because I never knew that that was a tradition or even thought of it as a tradition until mm-hmm. someone was like, hey, like we're coming over for Noodle Friday. And I'm like, Noodle Friday? <laughs> like, what's that? <laughs> and I realized my mom's been making noodles or like, you know, a specialty dish, like not just like rice and, you know, some side dishes, but mm-hmm. like genuinely like a bowl of like pho or a bowl of like some something special something that you know that's not just rice and she does that every Friday since forever like as long as I can remember that's so funny okay but like 
aside from that, what would you do? Like, what tradition would you start? Um, I think, okay, so I've been really into Animal Crossing. Yes, we know that. (laughs) I (laughs) would love it if, like, you know, in the future, if it's, like, my own kids or if, like, I can just do something, like, with my parents or my siblings, like, to be able to, like, find a game that we all enjoy and, like, be able to, like, you know, play together. Because I feel like my family doesn't play a lot, really. Like, we'll talk, we'll hang out, we'll take care of, like, the baby and the dogs and whatever. And we'll do chores together. Like, that's our kind of bonding. But in terms of, like, just relaxing together, we kind of relax on our own. So I feel like um, if it was up to me, there would be definitely be a lot more play. And if it has to do with Animal Crossing, I wouldn't complain. <laughs> interesting for me I kind of want to I want to be very active like I want to have an active family so go on hikes together you know hopefully they'll get into skating and like you know (laughs) I can roller skate with them as well um but yeah like the plan is to really just be an active family but aside from that um maybe I want to have like every Friday we do like a movie night or like every Friday we try out a new recipe or something like that. So like I want to have like a consistent thing that they would look forward to. And also I want to make like the holidays a bigger deal because like, you know, growing up as a kid, like it was a big deal to me. But I think when I was a teenager, that's when, you know, things stopped being so special. And so I kind of want to bring back that holiday spirit into like a family um, in the future. So like, you know, really decorating the house for Christmas or really decorating the front lawn for Halloween and stuff like that. And yeah. you know, making the efforts to scare my children. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think like, you know, the small things like that just makes you look forward to it. Yeah. I really want to incorporate my parents into this too. So I feel like, you know, I want to create something new, kind of like a new culture, like you said, um, with my family in the future um, and incorporating them in it. Um, But on that note, if you went on a date with your parents or just like took some time out of the day to spend with them, where would you go and what would you do? Oh, man. So you know how when I met you in China, um, like I think how long ago was that? That was like at it's least a year. Like two years. Two years. Two. Two. Yeah. Oh, you're <laughs> right. Oh my God, it's been two years. Yeah, two years. So <laughs> I thought it was last year. Okay, two years. <laughs> yeah. So when um I met you there, I had actually I went on vacation with my parents, just me and my parents. Um, for we were gone for a month. And it was insane because I have never spent that much time, like just me and my parents before, in a confined space. We shared hotel room. Ooh. Yeah, it was rough. Um, I think that's why at the end of it, I was ready to go home and never take a vacation with my parents <laughs> ever again. But um, I just remember like thinking like, oh man, like what am I going to do with you guys? Like, because it basically like my mom doesn't speak English and like she didn't really have the means to like look up things or like, you know, be she's not very decisive either when it comes to like what we do. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have a lot to say about everything. <laughs> oh, I think same. there's a lot of Asian moms. <laughs> yes, definitely agree with that. <laughs> and my dad, um, he's just more laid back and like will do anything um, that, you know, we planned for him. And I think he was kind of looking forward to finally not having to like take care of like the family vacation for once in his life because he's Mm. had to do that our entire lives so when I remember when we went to Thailand I had to plan everything so I sat down with like the front desk and I'm like okay I need to like find things for me and my parents to do and they're like how about you know visiting the elephants and giving them a bath and I'm like you know that involves mud and mud and my mom does not mix (laughs) and I remember just like going through with her like I would sit down for like an hour or two, almost once in the morning and once in the evening to like decide what I'm going to do that day and what I'm going to do the next day. And it was just so difficult because like all of us just have different, um, different things that we like to do, but also all of us suck at like telling each other like what we want to do. I don't know if anybody else can relate to this because like, I feel like a lot of Asian parents just kind of like, 
they just ex- they just want things to happen. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> that. If you don't do exactly what's like in their mind already, then they have a lot to say about what has happened. But they're not gonna tell you what they yeah, want either. Yeah. I don't know. This kind of it's like toxic, like Asian parent quality. <laughs> so I think like if I had to take them out tomorrow for something to do, I would definitely try to incorporate like you know things that we all love, which is food. So going out to eat like for a nice, uh, nice place or something that we don't usually go to often. Um, yeah, that's honestly like, you know, just finding that something that we all enjoy. But it takes time. It definitely took me an entire month of being stuck in a room and stuck in like the same space with them to truly understand like what we all like. And even now I kind of have hit and misses. No, me too. Definitely for <laughs> that. I think there's more misses than hits. But, you know, we're, we're making progress. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, okay, at least you have food as like a, a thing that ties you all together. For me, I can't do that because my parents are so picky. Like, <laughs> we were in Japan and Thailand and we were with like a tour, like an agency. And the entire time, like every time there was like a meal or something, like they always had something to say about it. They're like, oh. Vietnamese food is better I'm like I get it but please can you just enjoy this without speaking about it <laughs> so you know I still gotta figure it out I haven't really figured it out yet but I would say like my parents like walking that's good that's something mm-hmm. you yeah. know our moms would really get a- along I think so too my mom has a lot to say about everything she she's really picky eater like don't get me wrong yeah we love food but she doesn't like to eat it she just likes to complain about it (laughs) Uh, it. yeah I think our moms would definitely get along and also (laughs) our dads too because is your dad quiet my dad he's like me like we're extroverted like we can be but you know on the get-go we're pretty we start off pretty introverted like we won't bother someone unless you know they kind of urge us to talk to them more I think our parents would get along very, very well, because that's kind of the same dynamic we have here in my household, for sure. Okay, well, anyway, um, if there was a single piece of advice or a single lesson that you've learned from, you know, being with your family and going through the ups and downs together, what would it be? I think the two words that come to mind that I always have to pinch myself and remind myself to be is to communicate and to understand. And that's not just like, you know, oh, I hear you. Oh, I get it. Like, I understand, you know, it's more just like removing yourself from whatever situation and truly thinking like, okay, like if I say this or if I do this, like, what do you think they feel? And remembering that like, you know, our parents, they're human, you know, they might, especially Asian parents, I feel like they always have like a very hard exterior and they don't want to show that they're struggling or if they're upset or if they need help in any way or they have to even depend on us in any way because they don't want to be like that. Like they've given up so much to be here and they're going to do everything in their power to still be our super, super parents. Mm-hmm. They're never going to want to let their guard down for us. It gets frustrating because like you start questioning and you're like, why won't mom and dad open up to me? Why won't they talk to me? Why won't they um, just listen to me? You know, all that stuff. But you just have to remember and understand that like they have their reasons and um, they are probably feeling this way because like they're our parents. Like that's just how that dynamic will always be. And that's where you have to communicate and get past that. And realize that like our relationship with our parents and with our family is forever changing. Um, It's never going to be the same way just because it worked when we were younger, when we were like five years old. You know, we had to depend on our parents to like wipe our butts. (laughs) 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 Like now we just have to realize that like our relationships have to change in order to fit our current needs. Mm -hmm. Because in the past, like, yeah, when we're five, we do need someone to wipe our butt. That's not what we need mom and dad for now. What we need for now is someone to talk to, someone to understand us and to like support us in all the things because now our biggest worry is what's out in the world. And that's our biggest quote unquote enemy that we're facing. Mm-hmm. And um, our parents and our family is always going to be the first ones we turn to for support. So we just have to change with that, make sure our relationship changes with our needs and ourselves basically 
Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with what you said. And, you know, I think it's really important to take care of our parents or the ones that are looking after us, um, especially since they've given so much to us. And I think that, you know, you have great advice for this, which is why I thought you were the perfect person to bring on to this episode. Um, and honestly, I feel enlightened. I feel like I need to go out there and give my parents a big hug and just tell them how much I love them after this episode, because, you know, it's very heartfelt and heartwarming. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today and a big thanks to Jess for being my special guest on this episode. Um, Is there anything that you would like to plug, any social medias that you would like us to follow? Um, The floor is yours. Um, First off, thank you for having me. It's been so much fun just to, you know, talk about my family, something that I think is a huge part of who I am. In terms of plugs, uh, I don't really have anything for me. Um, (laughs) Do you want people to follow you on Instagram? I'm not very exciting on Instagram. (laughs) I'm really not. I'm so boring. My Instagram is literally just whatever I want to post. I realized that like since I was little or since I first started like social media, I'm like, F social media is just going to be exactly whatever I want. You know, like it's not going to be anything fake. I'm not going to pretend to be like an influencer or a brand, whatever. It's just going to be what I want other people to see. And since then, I make myself feel better that way. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to adopt that mindset too. Like, I feel like I get really caught up into the into the realm where I think way too much about one thing and I think way too much about how people would react if I like do a certain thing and stuff like that so I'm trying to you know navigate away from that and that's kind of what moon iridescent is all about like me just really being my authentic self and like showcasing who I really am and you know there are many sides to me I'm not just one person you know I'm not 2d <laughs> so <You're not> <laughs> that So, I mean, but what I'm trying to say is that, like, this is a place that I've tried to create for myself and for others to really just, you know, be who they are without apologizing for it. Um. So yeah. Anyway, Jess does have an Instagram. I will link it because she's <laughs> not gonna say it. So I will link it into the Instagram post, um, and onto the blog post. As always, please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Moon Iridescent. You can check out my website and you can support me on Patreon. It's something new that I've created um, and hopefully I can bring more exclusive content to all of you there. Feel free to come hang out and talk to me. And remember, you are ever changing like the moon. Live your life in iridescence. Hi, Jess. <laughs> We're starting. Hi. Why didn't you say anything? You didn't even record yet. I did. It says recording. Look at your look at the light. I said hi. Okay. Don't tell me shit. Can you imagine if we had babies right now and we wanted to roller skate? That would not be a possibility. Or we can roller skate with strollers. Yeah. Yeah, that that could work. That could work. I'm scared. <laughs> but of what? Well, why are you scared? Of growing up. You know, when I hold my nephew or when I hold my niece, I genuinely like want to give them the world. Like I remember holding my nephew the other day um, while he was asleep. And I was just like, you know, cuddling him and just thinking like, wow, I would die for you because he's just such a genuine and beautiful person already. And he's only a year and a half. Like, how can Mm. I love somebody so much? See, this is why I think Jess is going to be a great mother. (laughs) See, like, can you guys hear that? Like, (laughs) she's just going on and on about like how beautiful this baby is. Couldn't be me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Not, not yet. (laughs) And we're done. Perfect. Wait, you need to ask me what about myself because I'm not fucking it up again what 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 do you mean about yourself ask me tell me a little bit about yourself I'm gonna redo that (laughs) okay fine um let's go back up there wait what about myself
I don't know. Like, what do you want to say about yourself? I'm such a dork when I have to talk about myself, like what I do. Like, I don't my know name is do. Jess. I work in a full-time position at a corporate company. I'm a corporate slave. Also, <laughs> <laughs> exactly like that. Hopefully my coworkers <laughs> catch me on Moon Decision talking about me being a slave to the corporate world. So basically, you are. You kind of just do like a regular 9 to 5. And <sighs> like cry. I don't do a 9 to 5. I do an 8 to 5. Oh, that's even worse. I know. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah, so currently I am working from home um, and I work as a talent acquisition coordinator. So um, I get to work with a lot of different people, getting them scheduled for their, uh, for their, for their what? For their <laughs> Stop it. It just gives me a lot more time to look into things that I didn't really have the uh, time to do, um, such as like focusing on my personal goals of, um, I don't have any personal goals. <laughs> you know, I think it's fine. I can mesh it with your previous answer. Great. Sounds good. I think you can too. <laughs> I don't have any goals. That's just what this is what reminded me of. You personal have goals, goals of eating as many chocolates and not gaining weight dude bet like my brother <laughs> like i don't know how he does it but he can eat anything and everything all the best stuff young no he's not how old is he he's 19 oh my god meta- <laughs> for a guy your metabolism doesn't stop until like you're 24 and then when for all of us when we hit 25 it's done <gasps> what yeah. uh-huh that's Just ask henry henry is really thin right he's always been really thin and then we he's like babe like I have a stomach <laughs> and then he was like I think he did a run um he, his like company's doing like this run where they like have to write down like how many steps they do in a day and he's mm-hmm. like he's like I ran two miles today and I can't fill my lungs <laughs> it's it's working like that's how our metabolism is slowing down I know it for a fact mm-hmm. and I knew it was coming but now that I truly understand, like, wow, when I eat even just a little bit of, like, a fried food, my stomach's like, hello, IBS. I'm act up. Or, yes. like, just a little bit of coffee. And it's like, okay, you're rather going to be really constipated for five weeks or you're going to shit yourself. 